That's great. Thank you, lady. <laughs> Whoever you, Susan. I think her name would be Susan. Yeah, she sounds like a Susan. Like a Susan. <laughs> Stern and. But you can't call her Sue or Susie no. or. It's got to be Susan. Yeah. Full names only. Yeah. And that's only if you don't know her last name because she prefers Ms. <laughs> Whatever. Z. Yeah. Susan. This week, <laughs> Mr. Radical. <laughs> okay. Welcome to Mr. Radical, where we take a theoretical approach to solving mysteries. So fry up some calamari and join us for this week's Mr. Reticle, Robert Booth Nichols. I'm JP. And I'm Lynn and I did it again. <laughs> I love calamari. Thanks. I, Thanks. I know that it's. <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> I, um, I know I that invented it's. It. I invented it. You're welcome. <laughs> um, I know that calamari is squid. But no, I couldn't fine. really think of like an octopus dish. It's usually a, a leg. Right. So just because we have listeners that don't know, I am vegan, but I do eat fish. I'm like pescategan. Yeah. Uh, so I went to Korean barbecue one time with my cousin. Yeah. And I was like, it's fine. Cause usually because I eat fish, it kind of lets me eat kind of anywhere. Cause there's always right. like a fish option option. Yeah. And we were in like, it wasn't like Americanized Korean barbecue. It was like in a Korean neighborhood. We had never done it before. Yeah. Ever. So we were very, like, we felt stupid. We were like, oh, what do we do? Can we Google how to do this? I don't want to be like wrong? offensive or ask or like yeah. whatever. So she got a bunch of meat and whatever. And I got shrimp and octopus. And all they give you is chopsticks and scissors. Yep. And the shrimp still had all the shell on it and legs and eyeballs and faces, <laughs> which is fine. I think in some cultures they do eat all that. Yeah. I just didn't want to. So I fried them up and then I peeled off the shell when it was easier. Those were fine. It was the octopus because it wasn't tentacles. It was the entire, like it had a head and they were raw and they were like Whoa. two little octopus. And I was like, I don't <laughs> How do I, what do I do? And so then I was like, you? what happens if you eat the, like, if you eat the head, is it going to like pop? Like what? Right. Don't I they do. have ink or whatever? I mean, I'm sure that's all removed. Yeah. I don't know. Did you eat the head? No. Okay. <laughs> I like fried up the legs a little and just ate like two tentacles that I could manage to cut off with chopsticks and scissors and then just ate all the sides. <laughs> I couldn't. Yeah. I just went to Korean barbecue and I just made everyone do everything for me. There you go. It's fun. Like you cook it on your own table. Like it's yeah. cool. But I was just like. It was really cool. I just. I don't think a- I can eat octopus anymore. <laughs> I was learning. Yeah. I think I tried octopus once and I couldn't do it. So. I think the lesson is. Well, I, the other times I've had octopus, it's just like a leg and it's like on a fancy plate with like paella or something. Yeah. I don't even know what paella is, but. 
I think the lesson is if you go to Korean barbecue, go with someone that knows knows what they're doing. Yeah. We didn't even know how to order. We were like, do they bring us a pound of meat? Like, what is the. Right. So. Yeah. Well, that's that octopus. <laughs> I have another. I have um, uh, housekeeping, housekeeping, but it's fun it. housekeeping because okay. while we're on the subject of octopus. Octopi. So, you know how I said it's octopodes? Okay. Because it's a Greek word. Yes. I is like, so cacti is Latin. So cacti is correct. You would add the I and not, it's not cacto, cactodes or anything. Yeah. Um, But octopus is Greek. But then if I saw a TikTok that was like, well, you know that my favorite part of this, and now it's my favorite part because it's Greek. It's pronounced octopodes. And I think that uh, is uh, the coolest thing. Octopodes. And even better, platypus is also Greek. So it's platopodes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love that. I love that, that so much. My that housekeeping. Was I was yeah. like, I'm really happy that TikTok came up on my For You page. And it, that is now right. my favorite thing of all time. That is so cool. Um, so today we're, we're talking about Robert Booth Nichols, which you mentioned in your last episode. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I mentioned him in mine. I don't think so. But I will like talk about kind of how you mentioned him or how he's tied into your episode. Robert Bruce Nichols is described as the zealot of conspiracy theories. He's been surrounded by conspiracies from the Iran-Contra scandal, scandal to the CIA's MK Ultra mind control experiments and even the JFK assassination. He was allegedly a CIA black ops asset and mob associate as well as a hitman and arms dealer. His CIA code names were allegedly Mongoose and Eel. Why does he not have a movie? That's <laughs> my question. Stay tuned. <laughs> Don't jump ahead of, ahead of us, Lynn. Sorry, I'll cut he that out. He doesn't like actually have a movie, but they like he's he's like referenced to. Yeah, I can I can cut that out if you want. No, you're good. Okay. <laughs> so Robert Bruce Nichols was born March 6th, 1943. He has a sister, Ellen Hopko Nichols, and his wife is also Ellen Nichols. And he was a Pisces. Got it. And that's all that I know about his family, because honestly, like, okay, so I started searching for this mystery and I was looking and I could barely find anything specific to Robert Booth Nichols. The only thing I found was like someone definitely in a different language that was translated through a few things together. And so I like I pulled some from that and then I read his deposition and pulled some from that and like then I had to find articles where he was mentioned and like pulled little things from that. So it was hard to put this together. Like there is nothing specifically about this guy on the internet. He has no internet presence. (laughs) (laughs) No. I feel like anytime something like even with, um, uh, when I did Tesla, yeah, because they talked about the OSS, which is like the precursor to the CIA or whatever. I feel like when it's FBI, you can kind of do a little research, but when it's CIA, it's nothing. Like hard, you can't yes. shit. Like the only I barely found anything. And most of it was like depositions where he's talked about or like he was discussed in those depositions. I found maybe a picture of him, but honestly, like it is so hard to pull this information. And I was surprised because this was like 15 years ago. It was still relevant. Like he yeah. was still 
doing yeah, things. It's not from like no 30s or anything. Yeah. No. The CIA, listen, y'all <laughs> in this camera. <laughs> uh-huh. I'll do your shit. You guys cover your they tracks. do. It's they very do. annoying. <laughs> uh-huh. And they like because um one of the articles I read was from like probably 2006, 2007. And they said, if you Google Robert Bruce Nichols, there's all this stuff on the internet. And I was like, bullshit. And that was like 15 years ago, internet. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, if he had any ties to the CIA, you're not going to actually find. No, they wiped him. They wiped him as yeah. soon as he started speaking. Anyway, <laughs> let's, again, not jump ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Robert Bruce Nichols was a college dropout from Glendale, Glendale Junior College here in California. Oh. Uh, he had several jobs from construction to testing electronics, but his last quote unquote real job was as a salesman for a security alarm company. He was allegedly approached by someone that claimed to be with or stated that they were with the U.S. intelligence when he was 22 or 23. Specifically, the CIA uh, is who approached him, but another person claimed that they were the that a, like kind of was giving him missions, claimed that they were with uh, the military intelligence. Interesting. His job was just to achieve objectives of specific missions. So Mm -hmm. his first CIA, and I use the CIA in quotes because we don't know. We don't know. His first CIA job was to speak with a woman staying at the Surfrider Hotel in Honolulu. He was supposed to find out why she was in Honolulu. What and who she was seeing. He was also supposed to have, one of his objectives was to have cocktails with her to um, gain Loosen her up. Yeah. 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 His next job was to follow a Chinese woman staying at the Princess Kalani Hotel in Honolulu and see what she was doing and who she was with, like the same objectives. Just, Get her talking. Just from a cis white man's perspective. Yeah. <laughs> me going, <laughs> me just going to Honolulu. <laughs> Uh-huh. Talking to women and somewhat stalking them and giving them alcohol it seems like a a stalkerish dream. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. His third job was a trip to Australia to suss out who had anti-American interests in an area that was for, formerly an R and R location in Sydney for U.S. forces. So basically, like these people were against the U.S. Like it was a group that was like. I the whole world. That. No, I'm yeah. <laughs> it was like some random group and he had to suss out who like who might have terroristic tendencies towards the US. Mm-hmm. He did all of like the CIA jobs and all that until about 2004. It was always different people giving him missions, occasionally the same person person a few times, but most of the time it was like meet this person here. And so he would go and meet this person that he's never met before. They would give him a mission. He would go carry it out. And then he was handed cash. I don't think he knew if he worked for the CIA either. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he was always paid in cash at different amounts, depending on what the mission was. Robert, uh, as I mentioned, he was always to pay, paid in cash at different amounts, depending on the mission. He was told not to pay taxes on his income unless he was like, ordered to or whatever by the boss and he was right, promised CIA. yeah and he was promised immunity from federal law like on multiple occasions everything that he did he was promised immunity and told not to pay taxes um in 
<laughs> Better. In 1978, the FBI opened an investigation into Nichols for suspicion of money laundering in connections to the mafia, which this is all around the time that Chuck Morgan from our last episode, no, from my my last episode two weeks mm-hmm. ago, ties in here. Sam Giacana was Nichols' business partner. Uh, he, it is rumored that he was the head of the Yakuza in Hawaii. And he was also an American mobster who was the boss of the Chicago outfit, which um, this is the mob that we talked about in our episode on Charles Morgan. Uh, uh, Chicago outfit was one of the ones that kind of migrated to Tucson for the warm weather or whatever. Sure. <laughs> Not there are laws about. <laughs> and their laws. Yeah. <laughs> it was definitely yeah. for the heat. <laughs> Nichols was a member of the board of directors of George Pender's company. FIDCO, F-I-D-C-O, from the late 70s to the early 80s. An FBI report from 1972 claims that after leaving the CIA, Nichols moved into money laundering and gun running. Okay. Yeah. He sounds like he could either be an informant, only because, like, to be tied to CIA or just an opportunist that went, I am immune from federal law. So fuck yeah. It. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm going to do all the nasty stuff. So Robert Bruce Nichols was known as the keeper of the w- secrets of the world. And that's the only reason he's still alive. Interesting. He was allegedly a CIA assassin, illegal arms dealer, mob associate, and con man. He was involved, allegedly, in every plot carried out by the U.S. government for the last three decades. He was allegedly there when the CIA dealt heroin to, a fund, to fund a war against the Hezbollah. He what? Was also, he was, yeah, he was also allegedly there during the murders on the Cabazon Indian Reservation that you mentioned in the last episode. He would have been developing biological weapon, weapons, a laser gun, and machine guns there, allegedly. Well, yeah, it sounds like his only his like existence is the only thing that's not alleged. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Michael Riconosciuto. Yes. That you talked about in your last episode. Yep. He was the electronics and computer expert arrested in the early 1991 after he provided Inslaw with an affidavit of support in the lawsuit against the U.S. Department of Justice. He was the one that reprogrammed the Promise program. And he uh, was the one Inslaw. arrested for meth. Yes. <laughs> he accused Robert Nichols of being involved in the Lockerbie bombing. The what? What is The that? Lockerbie bombing. Pan Am Flight 103 flew from Frankfurt to Detroit. Um, it always made like a stop in London to refuel. On Jan- uh, December 21st, 1988, the aircraft was destroyed by a bomb killing all 243 passengers and 16 crew members. Sections of the plane crashed down and onto a street in Lockerbie, Scotland, and killed 11 people. 11 just people walking around. That sucks. It's the deadliest terrorist attack in the UK, and a Libyan official was accused by the US in 2020. But I didn't read too much up on it, though. But it seems like it's unsolved right now. There's just suspicion that it's lo- like tied into the Libyan officials that were... Well, if my next episode doesn't have enough information, I will... <laughs> Check this one out. Yeah. It looked really interesting. And there's like, a lot of like, I'm never gonna fly Pan Am because I feel like there's so many I think it's weird. Dead now. Is it? I just yeah. I feel like there's so many. I can't keep them all. Like, 
I can't yeah. keep track of them all. There's so many weird, like terrorist Pan attacks stuff. on yeah. Pan Am or like planes blowing up or falling out of the sky or whatever. Yeah. Weird. Um, no wonder they yeah. don't exist anymore. <laughs> right. There was a, a TV show for a little bit called Pan Am with Christina Ricci. And it, it, I love it was, it, I know me too. It was really interesting. I liked it a lot, but they canceled it after like three episodes or whatever. Danny Casalero was introduced to Nichols. Danny was writing a book on the octopus. Octopodes. They, <laughs> octopodes. They started communicating a lot before Danny died. And he had called Nichols 15 times in the early hours of the morning in one month alone. They would speak on the phone for over two hours at a time. They also spent time in D.C. together. And there is no documentation on their meeting since Casalero's notes were stolen. Right. Towards the end of Casalero's life, Nichols was telling Casalero that he was in dangerous territory and to be careful. So Robert Nichols' last job was, uh, was em- he was employed by Sam Israel III of Bayou Investments. Sam Israel was the son of a Rothschild member and, the, and a member of the Aaron family that founded Goldman Sachs. He was a talented trader on Wall Street and could anticipate movements in the market. And he claimed that he had a computer program that assisted him with this called forward propagation. So insider trading? (laughs) Right. That's that's what it seems like. Also, um, well, I'll get to that in a second. He was known to be smart, eccentric, and very likable. He lived in a mansion that he rented from Donald Trump for $20,000 a month. So knowing like all of this, he was like, he drove a Porsche, like he Why didn't he rich. buy a house? Why are you renting? <laughs> right. Um, property is better than renting. His, well, listen, his personal checks were, you know how like you could have images on your personal checks and stuff? Yeah. Um, it was SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Okay. So my dad is an engineer. Um, yeah. Uh, um. I forget what kind of engineer, but he's an engineer. He's one of those people that he's like so intelligent that he's like a little weird. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And like, so that's kind of how I picture who you're talking about. Like, it's kind of like Einstein. Like he was so intelligent that he was like a little strange. Yeah. Or like Tesla was so intelligent, but he had this weird obsession with pigeons. I don't. <laughs> oh yeah. That's definitely Sam Israel. Like he seemed really, really smart and everything. He did have, he was diagnosed with like bipolar disorder and was on all this medication and stuff, but he was still like himself, you know? Right, right. His company, Bayou Investments, was down more than $100 million in 2004. Apparently, like early in his business, he was losing money. So he would borrow money from investors, quote unquote, borrow money, just took it, and then faked the books. It became a Ponzi scheme and Israel was a masterful scammer. He kept losing money again and again and again. And so it got into the point where he was desperate. Like mm-hmm. he, he started his business. He wasn't intending to do this, but he made bad investments, tried to cover them up, made more bad investments, mm. tried to cover those up. And it just, so it was a domino effect. Yeah. His plan with Robert Nichols, right? So mm-hmm. Sam Israel hired Robert Nichols. John Prescott Ellis was also involved in this plan. And John Prescott Ellis was George H.W. Bush's nephew. Um, As was Jack O'Halloran. Jack O'Halloran was a B-grade Hollywood actor who played a villain in the 1978 movie Superman. 
I was going to say his name sounds really familiar. Yeah. Jack introduced them. Nichols and Israel. And Sam Israel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jack told Sam Israel about the program Promise, um, the software program. Mm -hmm. It was allegedly installed by the CIA and the world's top financial institutions to watch the movement of money. Jack was apparently new, a CIA asset who had access to the program. And this was Robert Booth Nichols. If Sam Israel could obtain promise, he'd be able to watch the flow of money and trade ahead of the market. Insider trading. So Nichols and Sam happened to be in a meeting together. It was at the Dorchester Hotel in London. They were actually there for a separate meeting or a cover meeting. Israel whispered to Nichols that he wanted to talk to him. Uh, He said, like, can I get five minutes or whatever? They met like a few minutes later in a taxi where Israel told him that he wanted promise. I, the taxi is not a safe. So I think that it's like the taxi because there's, I mean, this is like, there's a lot of taxis in London, you know? Yeah. So you, you know that they all can't be bugged. Right. So maybe that's But why. the driver can like hear you. Yeah. Like you have a wit. You have a loose end. <laughs> yeah. Not, I don't know. Nichols, like while Israel was telling him, hey, I want promise. Nichols got a call, pulled out a spreadsheet. Israel became super interested in what he was doing and what he was hearing from Nichols' phone call. And like he he like looked at the spreadsheet and the spreadsheet had like one column that had millions and millions of dollars listed. And like he could tell Nichols was doing like some sort of trading. Yeah. He wanted in on it. And he fell into Nichols' trap. (laughs) So the plan completely changed. And instead of obtaining promise, he was going to get into the shadow market, is what Nichols called it. Mm -hmm. The shadow market, Nichols said that the U.S. Federal Reserve was running a Ponzi scheme and the entire global economy was based on deception. The secret society was called the Upper World and large banks around the world ran it. Goldman Sachs, the Deutsche Bank, in the Union Bank of Switzerland, where three the of the Deutsche, Deutsche Bank. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Come on, German boy. Get <laughs> <laughs> the next day, Israel wired $150 million to an account with Barclays Bank in London. So, unless the con man was conned. Yeah. Israel spent a year in the shadow market or years in the shadow market. It like goes back and forth. And obviously, this is all based on like rumors. And yeah. And like different testimonies and stuff. Like Robert Booth Nichols had a completely different story during his deposition. So apparently there was a time where Robert Nichols and Sam Israel were at a meeting in Hamburg, Germany. So uh, Nichols warned Israel like, hey, you don't really want to get too involved with this market. because People are going to come after you. People are going to attack you like you. They want you to die so you lose all this money in this shit like this the you know underground market yeah because there's no ties that like you know you have this money here or anything and that's just more money for them so i guess like as he traveled as israel traveled the world and stuff he was like attacked on like separate locations he was kidnapped once like there's all these stories around it so uh Apparently, there was a time when Robert Nichols and Sam Israel were at a meeting in Hamburg, Germany. Robert Nichols gave um, Sam Israel a gun and like to like hide in his in his vest or whatever. Yeah. And they walked into a bank 
or I walked into like some sort of building. The streets were empty whenever they walked in there. I don't know exactly what they were looking at, but like it was something about like the cure for HIV or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, what year so, is this? Do you know? No, I don't know, but it was like 90s, 2000s. That's what I was going to say. Like what decade then? I don't Yeah. Yeah. So they like, they go in there, there's an altercation. And then for security purposes, Israel walks out of the building first. As they were leaving the meeting, a guy across the street pulled out a gun and aimed it at Robert Booth Nichols. But before he could do that, Israel pulled out his gun, shot the guy in in the hip and like using the gun that Nichols gave him. And then um, like they both like the guy dropped his gun and everything. Israel Nichols walked up to the guy and apparently just shot the guy point blank in the face. Uh, in Israel the face? Did. Yeah. Um, Israel did. So yeah, wait, so him. sorry. <laughs> the stranger shot Nichols. Was going to shoot at Nichols. Did not get to because Israel shot him first. Got it. So I guess they like walked up and they were like, who do you work for? Who do you work for? And the guy was only speaking in like a language that they didn't understand. Yeah. And so uh, Israel like lifted his gun to shoot him. And then I guess like his, his, he started speaking in English, but Israel shot him. No. Yeah. yeah. It's not known if the story was true. And like no one ever tied it back to an unsolved murder or anything in Hamburg, Germany. So, so they did a good cleanup job is what you're saying. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously like Israel was arrested, not for the murder or anything, but for like in like trading and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Fraud tax evasion. I think it was bezeling. Yep. Um, Robert Booth Nichols was deposed and that was that. So Nichols was an advisor to the 1992 movie Under Siege. And this movie was an action thriller starring Steven Seagal and Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, I love where, Tommy Lee Jones. Okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he so was cute. He was the villain in this one. Where a heroic loner takes on a group of nuclear terrorists in the seagoing yarn. Posing as a rock band, the terrorists get themselves hired for a party aboard the USS Missouri a battleship en route for Pearl, to Pearl Harbor for decommissioning. They plan to steal the ship's nuclear arsenal, but haven't reckoned on the intervention of the ship's chef, <laughs> decorated former Navy SEAL. <laughs> I want to watch this so fast. Yeah, it's probably on. It's got to be on. What is it called? Under platform. Siege? Under Siege, yeah. <laughs> a rock band. Yeah. Thwarted by a chef. A chef. I want to be in that pitch room. I know. I know. I know. I want to see what drugs they were taking. (laughs) Uh And the chef. Uh huh. (laughs) And then he's a chef, man. (laughs) Um, It's reported that Robert Booth Nichols died on February 14th. 2009 in Geneva, Switzerland. He allegedly died from a blow to the head two months after giving a deposition to the FBI. There was only one person to to tell this story. No one else confirmed it. It was alleged that he was supposedly, oh no. Allegedly, he was supposed to return millions of dollars 
Nichols was supposed to return millions of dollars that he borrowed during Israel during the scam. Israel, like he was supposed to give it to the government Mm -hmm. to kind of pay for the tax evasion that Sam Israel was arrested for. Israel thinks the death was staged and that Robert Booth Nichols is still alive. Mm. In 2005, Israel was sentenced to like a whole bunch of years in prison. He failed to report to prison whenever he was supposed to turn himself in. He then faked his own death by leaving the world suicide is painless written in the dust on the hood of his car on Bear Mountain Bridge in upstate New York. But they found him. So like Israel tried to like kill himself. No. Oh. Like pretend pretend like he committed suicide like jumped off the bridge and his body was never found and stuff but they ended up finding him and arresting him. Uh, He was only given two extra years for it too. Yeah. That seems short but okay. Yeah. That's all that I have on Robert Booth Nichols. Now we have to dive into theories. Yeah, please. I have no information. I just had <laughs> questions. So like I have no information on these theories. I've done it. So no judgment. So did Robert Booth Nichols work for the FBI or CIA? These are my questions. Okay. So did he work for the FBI, CIA? Did he actually believe that he worked for the FBI, CIA? Or was he just manipulative like was he just lying about it all and he knew the whole time right and is robert booth nichols still alive hiding out in like thailand or you know somewhere yeah i feel like mm, i don't have any evidence to base this theory on i feel like besides what you've already said so like just my gut instinct says he did work for the cia because I think if he didn't, there a con man can't be that good at like covering themselves up. Right. Um, so I think he did work for this. I don't think he worked for the FBI, but the CIA. Cause again, you can find information about the FBI. Not always, not everything, obviously, because they're also secretive, but like the level that the CIA is is like way yeah. more intense. Oh yeah. So I, I feel like it's the CIA hired him to be an informant and then he went a little nutso and like started doing crazy shit that they were like okay well now he's a problem and we need to eliminate him and then they killed him right i don't think he's still alive i i don't know if that's how he died i think that if he is if he is dead he did not die from like i think that he went into hiding i think he faked his death went into hiding and then he died I could do that too. I don't think that he died from like a hit. Right. Or whatever. He died of old age. Yeah. With all Sam Israel's money. Yeah. I mean, because I like you can go to one of the like Pacific Islands or whatever. And it's cheap. You can live off $150 million for the rest of your life. Especially if you're in your He's born in the 40s, so like he'd be yeah. in his like early 80s if he was still alive now. Yeah. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't it's either that or he's just like the most successful con man that ever fucking lives. Cause I don't like it's like you were caught, but then you weren't caught. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't, I don't know. I feel like feel like the government's more on top of it and they would catch him yeah i agree i agree i think that 
I think that he did start out with the CIA. I think that um, he used it as a cover up, like, yeah, afterwards. I think he was involved with the mafia, the mob, all of that. And I think he was like, well, I'm, I've got federal immunity. So, see, that's the thing. So, I don't know if he was like an informant for the CIA and that's why he was in the mafia and the mob and doing all this shit. Yeah. Or if he was federally immune so and he, he said was fuck like, it i'm just gonna get away it. i'm gonna make as much money as possible and yep work for the mafia oh yeah so yeah that's all that i have on robert nichols Crazy. did you want to like wrap up the octopus i do octopodies octopodies <laughs> why did my google docs close come back all righty so just tying up kind of the octopus. It's hard to tie up. It's hard. Like say, yeah. Everything I looked up was like about Danny and it was like, cool. I've read all this. So right. I've already said everything that this has to say. So yep. finding information without buying the book, because I just didn't have time. It's yeah. a short book. Um, it's on Amazon. It's like 275 pages. Like it's not long. But we just like jumped into this, you know, like we yeah. weren't really planning to do a thing on the octopus. It just happened. And so to like wait for the book, then read the book, like it would have yeah. been Yeah. So that didn't happen. I read other things <laughs> for my yeah. own pleasure. <laughs> nothing, nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Important. But um, so what I basically did was I just took the main conspiracies that are tied into the octopus. Yeah. With butt rope. <laughs> butt rope. So one is the October surprise. Basically, the October surprise is a common political is common political verbiage due to our larger elections being held in November. That means that any big news that breaks in October regarding politicians and candidates that are up for election can either solidify patterns or swing it the other way. Yep. It was coined in 1980, but this type of campaign pain work was done before it was coined the October surprise. Like people have been doing it since we've had our big elections in November. Does that kind of also have to do with, so whenever I was reading about um, the upper ground, uh, the, the, oh, the, the shadow market society thing that he was talking about. Yeah. The world. They were saying like, oh yeah, all most of the world's money is controlled by the upper world in this underground like uh scheme and like trading and stuff and so they were saying that whoever these banks wanted to be in charge they would like throw money at it or they would like control how like politicians maneuver or work and everything so that they would get elected yeah and they thus so these banks control the money that goes into these politicians and then these politicians listen to them and these politicians uh, do what the, the banks want and everything. And so whenever like they're elected, they then, the banks then control the, the world. Politician. Right. Like, cause if, if the politician is ruling or whatever in that country, they control that country. Right. And so they were doing that in all these different countries is what like, I was it reading. sounded like, yeah, it sounds well, here's okay. So, cause that's super interesting. And I wonder if that is what it is. So 
what the October surprise, like the one that we know of yeah, is there is a conspiracy. So it is like a general term that people use for news released in October, but it also has a conspiracy theory and it was coined in 1980 because it refers to the campaign between Jimmy Carter and Ronald Reagan. Mm. So this was brought about by release of 66 Americans who were being held hostage in Iran. Yeah. They were released 20 minutes after Reagan finished the inaugural address. Mm-hmm. So it was hence believed that it was a setup, but Iran that Iran delayed the release of the prisoners until Reagan was elected to make yeah. Jimmy Carter look bad. Uh According to this theory, the Reagan administration even rewarded Iran for participating by giving Iran weapons and by unlocking their government monetary assets in U.S. banks. Wow. See? So that makes fucking sense. If it's like this conspiracy with these big banks and shit, because they probably gave the Reagan administration, if not Reagan himself, money to... Release the, like, to be like, okay, so you're going to use this money. You're going to buy all these weapons to give to Iran. And then we're also going to open up their assets in our banks. Yep. <sighs> wow. We just unlocked the secrets of the <laughs> <laughs> And now we're in danger. Goodbye. Uh-huh. This is the last episode. <laughs> if it wasn't the Salvadorians or the Scientologists or whoever else is going to come for us, now we're in trouble. <laughs> yep. They're listening. However, this theory was never inconclusively proven or disproven. Some large people in Iranian government and naval intelligence officer from the U.S. National Security Council and a former campaign staffer from the White House stood by the theory. Danny Castellaro believed this to be tied into the octopus. Yeah. So that's a big one. Number one. I know he had like a ton of like stuff that was tied in and kept finding more, but like I said, oh, yeah. it was stolen. So I don't know how it all ties in. I don't know what evidence he had. No one does. Nope. Except for the CIA, ironically. And now us, cause we figured it all out. Yeah. So that's, so the October surprise was real and it's the upper world. <laughs> yes. Uh, now I'm scared. Should we post yeah. this? <laughs> I know. Yeah, we definitely should. This is like a big, I don't want to get taken out. I live in Alaska. <laughs> we'll just be shadow banned. Oh, yeah. That's it. I hope so. All right. BCCI scandal was another big one that also has to do with banks. Anyway. BCCI was another huge scandal in the 1980s. The Bank of Credit and Commerce International was a bank that opened in Karachi and London and within a decade had an excess of $20 billion. It was the seventh largest private bank in the world and had 400 branches in 78 countries. Hmm. However, the bank came under scrutiny in the 80s due to shady paperwork, where it was then revealed that they had broken laws in lending practices and money laundering. Hmm. In July of 1991, which is a month before Danny Castellaro died, customers and bank regulators in seven different countries locked down records of their branch branch offices in BCCI. The bank is also known as the Bank of Crooks and Criminals International, which I just thought was funny. That is funny. (laughs) Danny, again, connected this all into the octopus. Damn. (laughs) So... I think wow. we're on. I think, I think we are. I think we're on to something. 
but I'm nervous. It's not necessarily I know. something I want to know. Friends <laughs> <laughs> so. is always like, did you solve a murder? And I'm like, we only re- research it for a week. Like if we're going to solve one, we need to like put time and effort and like months of work into it. Yeah. And for, for that, like, we solve need, like a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. But this one, I don't like that. This is the one we're solving. I mean, <laughs> can we trade it for John Bonet? I solved it in my dream. I could solve it in real That's life. That's true. That's true. Ugh. So uh, my last, the last big conspiracy, which you also mentioned because Nichols was involved is Iran Contra. Uh-huh. So um, I wrote the other big conspiracy theory that Casalero turned into another octopus leg <laughs> was the Iran Contra affair, which is different from the October surprise because I mentioned Iran. It's a different, it's a different thing. This one happened during Reagan's second term as president. Senior administration officials in the Reagan administration, again, sold mm-hmm. weapons again to the, I don't know how to say this, Khomeini. Uh, K-H-O-M-E-I-N-I. Okay. Um, Government and the Islamic Republic of Iran or the, on the, on the down low. The administrators did this in the hope to use money from the weapon sale to fund the Contras in Nicaragua. I didn't know what the Contras were, so I looked it up. So the Contras were U.S. backed and funded right-wing rebel groups from 1979 to 1990 in Nicaragua they were in opposition with the Marxist Sandinista Junta of National Reconstruction Government in Nicaragua. The Contras committed a number of human rights violations and terrorist tactics. The U.S. originally banned their support of the Contras, but this is where the affair happened because the Reagan administration still continued their monetary support. I also forgot to mention that these three like conspiracy theories, all three of these have proven to be true. None of these are like conspiracy theories that are conspiracy theories still it's that right they're it's, tied, their it's they're tying together god bless you god bless you allergies allergies yeah. and it's insane yeah so all of these are real wow. all proven well the october i lied the october surprise is not proven i take that back but iron contra and bcci are real samples. but i always do see like Things will come out in October, like mm-hmm. whenever during the um, Trump and Hillary Clinton election. Like I remember, a bunch of bullshit came out in October. Yeah, and I think that that's like kind of what pushed like right. Trump into winning. I right. Don't know. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. I'm not an expert on this stuff. I do think it's kind of weird that why can't I put words together that Reagan's like that they were released. Right. Yes. Cause that does make Jimmy Carter. Cause the, think about like, even now when people are complaining about gas prices and they're like, look at what Biden's doing. And I'm like, that's not, that's not what that is. <laughs> like, yeah, not, I know. Stop it. I know. Like, like stuff like that. Like it's like, just because it's happening now that he's in office Under that doesn't person, mean he right. started it. Right, exactly. And that's and it's the same like vice versa as well. Like there was a lot of stuff that Obama started that Trump was blamed the for. The kids in cages, you mean? Yes. Yes. Yes, precisely. Yeah. yeah. So like it goes both ways. Yeah, absolutely. So all in all, without getting the book, which yeah. is called If Anyone Wants to Read It, I'll get it one day. My book list is very large <laughs> of like to be read. 
So it's called The Octopus Secret Government and the Death of Danny Casolaro. And it was written by Ken Thomas and Jim Keith. You can get it on Amazon. It's like eight bucks. <laughs> there you go. Obviously, according to what my co-host and I have discovered <laughs> in our research of our past two episodes is that Danny was involved with some pretty big hitters in organized crime, including cartels, alongside some sketchy CIA operatives and assassins. Wow. Yeah. Anything else? Any thoughts, feelings, emotions? I have a lot of feelings and anxiety right now. I think I have anxiety. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I kind of want to close and lock all my stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's creepy. Anyway. Yeah. That's all that I have. That's all that I have. That's all that I care to divulge right now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I want anyone's information. (laughs) No, no idea. Yeah. If you have theories, feel free to share them. But yeah, if you have facts, keep it to yourself. Um, or no, or wait, <laughs> or we need to like find a central person that's like our new Danny Castellaro. Are you saying we set someone up so that a hit be put on them and not on <laughs> <No>. us? <laughs> kind of like, <laughs> should anything happen, it doesn't happen to us. It's just what I'm looking out for. I'm not <laughs> smart enough. I don't think I'm not, I'm not made to be a CIA level. Like, no, this <laughs> is a lot. If I worked for anybody, I w- it would want it to be the FBI and I would be in a lab. <laughs> so if don't. we ever did an investigative podcast on this, I could see like us having a wall or four with like string, <laughs> just like, going everywhere and like us going insane like in the movies and um like the show homeland like in the first season where carrie just goes completely nuts but she's on to something and like everyone that loves her is like honey you need help you need help but she's on to something you know it's that gif from um always sunny with the (laughs) jelly's like (laughs) yeah like all the string and stuff Uh uh-huh but I also kind of want to solve it. <laughs> I do too. I do too. I just fear Don't, solving it. Yes. Is it the right time or should like, do mm. we need to wait for the powers that be to die down a bit? You know, it is a very, it is a very scary time. Yep. At least I think in the world, but especially in America, something, something wicked this way comes like I, yeah. <laughs> Not that it hasn't been coming. Like we've been getting, obviously bad shit has been happening for the past, like ever, but I, something, it's it's not going to be good. I don't know. Mm -mm. These next couple of years really, really frighten me. So yeah, maybe now is not the time. Let's put a pin in it. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe once, once we get some sponsors and some Patreon, then we can like think about looking into this some more. Yeah. And protection. If TikTok can start paying us, that would be cool. Yeah, really. Blue Apron. <laughs> what are the other ones? Madison Reed. <laughs> Someone. Ugh. Disney. Disney. <laughs> I don't. Okay, I, I love Disney. That's a whole other. I think their monopoly and buying everyone. Yeah. Else and, and the same with Facebook. I don't. Not to quote Chris Evans, but I don't like it. I don't like it. I it makes me nervous. As much yeah. as I love and I will pay my seven dollars and enjoy all the Marvel and all the Star Wars and all the Disney movies. 
it weirds me out when companies like buy out all their competition you know yep sony you hold on to spider-man so hard <laughs> please keep doing that <laughs> yeah just so we don't have like a monopoly and no i don't know if that's the right word but whatever. no you're right i think you're right anyway if you or someone in your family has any information or if you'd like to share your own theories i guess please feel free to email us at mrreticle at gmail.com. Follow us at Mr. Reticle on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. And don't forget to give us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't play with strangers. And don't trust your government or any government. <laughs> or anyone. Trust no one. Is that our sign-off? <laughs>
there has to be some code yes. in that. And I, and I'm really proud of myself for thinking of it when no one else has, but now I'm annoyed because I'm not good like that and I'm not going to be able to solve it. <laughs> right. That's how I am too. Like I knew something was behind it, but I was like, I'm not even going to look at it or try because I'm not going to, there, I won't no, get any with this. There's no research. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to get a code breaker book and start solve studying. It. Yeah. We're going to break this shit wide open. And then we said what we should do is go into witness protection <laughs> is record all of our episodes about the octopus, right? Yeah. Record like the timeline, everything, our long investigative podcast, put it out all at once. Yeah. And then run and hide in Hawaii, wherever. Somewhere. Yeah. Siberia. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's what we need to do. I am down to do a long case. I just don't. I honestly think we would have to like talk to our husbands. Yeah. If this is really the one we want to do, because it literally is. It's the one we're the closest to, you know? Yeah. But it's also literally like one of the more dangerous ones to cover. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, the El Salvadorian one was like a little sketch, but like they're not going to live they're not going to listen to it. You know what I mean? Um, like, right. That's El Salvador. Like they'd have to get into the U S murder me and then go from right. there. Whereas like we're in the U S they are all over the world. So yeah. no matter where we go, like we're fucked. Yeah. So I think that would, I think if we did do an investigative one and just covered that, we have to like seriously consider our safety. <laughs> oh yeah. Before we put it out. Oh, yeah. But I still kind of want to do it because when I watch movies like with assassins and shit, I'm like, why is that not my life? Like, that's I think I have a secret. Goal. Uh-huh. <laughs> to live a crazy action adventure type life. I know. Oh, oh, I never even mentioned the fucking movie. <laughs> I'm still recording. You can mention it and I can tag it in somewhere. Um, Robert Booth Nichols is Jason Bourne. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, that makes sense. Like, well, they say, like, he he's the Jason. Jason Bourne wasn't based off of Robert Booth Nichols, but it's pretty much the exact same thing. Like, same story. Right. Does that mean he could kill someone with a pen? Probably. That's my favorite fight. It's so cool. Because you're just like, yeah, if you stab hard enough, you can. Yeah. Fuck someone up with a pen. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is that the third movie? The third movie was like this the whole time. I was like, this is a lot of movement. Like the whole movie was like shaky camera, and I was like, this is. I get. I get what you're doing, but I'm not a fan. (laughs) To be honest, I need a break. (laughs) Yeah. But cool. Yeah, I can tag that in somewhere. Okay, just toss it in there. All right, I have to pee. Holy shit.